You are now listening to Conscientization 101, an online magazine combining reflection, music, and action through independent media. It's uh, very important to be with conscious African women and men. And I'm very excited to see Conscientization 101, to see Sister Zari there and the brother James and uh, to see that you have started an organization to conscientize the world, especially African people about what's really going on in this world. Conscientization 101. A lot of these people right now in this conscious, so-called conscious movement, they're not actually living in that, in that lifestyle. Fakers. That's why, you know, obviously yourself, we're on the same sort of frequency. That's why you're listening to the same things I'm listening to because we're sharing that same sort of thought. We want the same sort of things and a lot of people don't want the same sort of things. Even yourself, what you're doing now is for the people. So everything is people-based. Globally conscientizing. What's making me proud of what um, this kind of connection here is that, you know... Well, no matter what is said, no matter what is done, um, you, you leave that, you leave listening to our music with a feeling. The same way we're going to leave this conversation with a feeling. And um, that is the most important thing you know, for, for I and I, the, the vibe and the energy and the feeling that you leave with. Because you might not remember every lyric, but you're going to remember the feeling. So um, that's, 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 that's really important, and that's what I'm getting from what you're doing. Doing it, doing it. Welcome to another episode of Conscientization 101 Podcast. I'm your host and senior editor, James Stone. On this episode, we conclude our digitally remastered two-part series from Brother Dale Jones entitled Understanding Our Rich Cultural Heritage and Strengthening It for the Revolution that took place circa late 1996 or early 1997 at the cultural institution known as African Echoes in New Jersey. So we know uh, um, you enjoyed part one, right? Yeah. And we know you're going to pick up those books by Dale Jones, right? Yeah. Well, hell, let's start the show now. How can the state of the use be any good? As long as the family infrastructure is broken down dysfunction everywhere. We don't have a common understanding of what family is anymore. We don't have a common understanding of what it's supposed to do. It's joys, it's sorrows, it's pain. Because we're in American pop culture and refuse to let go. We refuse to let go. Tell you what, if they told black people that you would be a full citizen 
of the United Snakes of America, if you kill all the militant, radical, cultural elements, they get to killing us so fast. They don't want to fight these people. They don't. They love them. Say, so what will I do without football? What will I do without their lifestyle? This is all they know. Therefore, if we're going to develop a revolutionary African culture, we must start practicing amongst ourselves to show the advantages of collectivism. If we do that and we find out that, and they're looking at you all the time, do you think they need me to tell them somebody got foot and ass? Do you really? Do you think they don't, they're the very people who, who are suffering. But we haven't demonstrated that we can govern. And that's why when they do not let a government emerge in Liberia, in Nigeria, in Somalia, Rwanda, it says to the people subliminally and overtly that we can't govern ourselves that our madness is wilder than the white man's madness because they don't see the invisible change and in strings pulling the people down. No political institutions, the few that we have, we're underdeveloped. How could we perpetuate anything? And I watch brothers and sisters like us get frustrated and then begin to talk about the people, then begin to lose their love of the people, then to begin to fight within their own structures, small as they are. If we understand the process, it would be clear. That's why we're going through this. If we understand the process, we understand that this creates madness in the best elements of us. We're in a mad situation. We're being loyal to your race, ready to die for your race. The race say, I ain't asked you to die for me. I didn't ask you to be black. I didn't ask you to lose your job and stand up with dreadlocks in the office. Shouldn't be wearing them damn dreadlocks anyway. I didn't wear you to ask to wear African garb everywhere you go. I didn't ask you to represent some America fiddler. If you don't think they American, check out at Olympic time. You've never seen so much red, white, and blue in the hood. Stars and stripes on their butt. The state of the race of our youth is economic despair everywhere. No jobs. And the conscious youth that I talk to going from campus to campus all over this country is they don't know where they fit. And if we don't tell them, they're going to fit right back in corporate America. Who are rejecting because of the information is so overwhelming that these demons of the night are stealing our space and time. They know their health care is no good. They know their military, they're militarily unprotected. So everywhere I go, I see youth beginning to train themselves. And that's the repeat of the 60s. I mean, how does a novice teach themselves how to be a soldier? Seriously speaking. I don't care. Good intentions don't make revolution. Good intentions don't make revolution. I can't teach me to be a soldier. I need a soldier. You know, we need to set that up. When I find out all going through the South, they ain't playing. Everybody think the North is it? 
and they're going back to the land without any announcement. Because, you know, whatever we do, we you know, we're going back to the land. You know, uh, we're going to buy up all this land. It's testing, is this mic on? Testing, one, two, one, two. White America, one. Abby's the leader, and we're going back to the land. Because you crackers and fat mouth, fat mouth, fat mouth. But down south, they're easing off into the land. You can only train if you got land. And that's where the training is done. They look to us and don't know they are far beyond the north. I, went in, I was in Louisiana. And they put 10 bodyguards around. I said, I don't need all these bodyguards. They said, brother, you in Louisiana. You talk stuff down here. You know what I'm saying? In New York, you say, yeah, white man, white man, white man. Let me get on the subway. Nah. He going to come for you with shotguns in the back of his truck unless he know that your pickup got his shotguns in it. So we need to give respect all over the board. We're, none of us are free, so we're all on the same level. The worst thing that has happened to our youth, we've allowed them to be detached from the family. Once you detach them from the family, they're easily destroyed. That's why million is locked down. And they give them time forever. You know what the sentence today is? You did that, boy? How much time, judge? From now on. From now on. Big time. Why? Because they're setting up the privatization of the prisons. And in them prisons, that's going to be owned by American Express, Disney, and all the rest of them. The same ones we're going, I'm going to Disney World. Same one. You're making them fatter and fatter. It's amazing. We have pieces of information in a revolutionary context and ideology. We must now put it together. A lot of people are reading about New World Orders and know the New World Order, but don't know the cultural development and the struggles of African people from the Berlin Conference of 1884 and 85 to 1996. In that is so many lessons, the lessons of Garvey and Malcolm, the lessons of the scramble for Africa, the whole thing. The development of the United Nations into the New World Order tool it is today how the organization of African, African unity was not what was supposed to be designed, but the United States of Africa as pushed forth by Kwame Nkrumah. But it was Haile Selassie and them who wanted to make it soft and full of nothingness till it has never saved one African organization of African unity, haven't saved one African country. It may have helped keep the Mumba from coming to power, so all these structures aren't working to storm out. Again, criticism with affection. We are reading so much to we're not understanding Africa. And since we don't understand Africa, they're taking it. Most of the youth, almost all of the youth don't know its relationship to Africa. Don't know what slavery really was. And I heard the brothers say today, I was uh, uh, doing a hip-hop conference in, uh, in Harlem. And they were trying to tell me that nigger is, is affectionate term. <laughs> you know? You know? So if we don't know Africa, we have a bookstore and whatnot. And there's some books I would like to put out as a publisher to deal with Africa. But nobody has the African appetite. They're fronting. 
And in the history of Africa and colonization along with the transatlantic trade, along with the struggles in Brazil and so-called Latin America, along with those in Tasmania and different places, we need the whole story to become the architects of a new reality. So once the children are detached, and even if they're attached, they're not getting the nourishment they need. Our children are culturally deprived, so they invent culture. <laughs> they say, well, Timberland boots is the thing now. Why Timberland boots? They're the most expensive boots. <laughs> if you listen to rap songs, they always talk about flexing in my Lexus. Why? Because it's the most expensive car. And you hear them talk their fantasy. See, if you want to know somebody, know what they write. Know what they sing and know what they attract. You can get, put your pulse on the youth. When they're talking about, you know, flexing and partying all the time and high all the time, blunted, 40 and all up. When you hear that, a whole culture has evolved around hip-hop that will destroy it. And in it, you find people like the Fugees, the Cool, J-Ru, Goody Mob, Public Enemy, you know, Conscious Daughters. And it's not a few of them who are struggling in this tug of war to make the culture relevant. There's going to be culture. Now, is it going to be a revolutionary culture which takes a lot of work and sacrifice or is it just going to be American pop culture? We are too arrogant to hear them. This saddens me. And you know what amazed me? Is they used the music from our generation. All of it. James Brown, Sly and the Family Phone, Curtis Mayfield, all of that. I thought, oh, this is going to be a natural marriage. But they took James Brown. Ooh, good God, get it, get it. Ooh, good God, get it. Uh. Get it, so man. They said, "Fight the power." I thought there was an upgrade myself. I thought we was gonna conjugate them, but we rather hear the sexual noise. Oh, good God, get it! Fight the power, shut up, because you become my conscience. I'm ashamed. Some of it is that we are ashamed. We don't want to hear nothing from them. Well, Daddy, how did we get like this? I don't know. Instead of owning up, we better listen to our storytellers. Now is the time. Now is the time that Garvey had always talked about. Garvey said, black man won't know himself till his back is up against the wall. I say, can't you feel the coldness of those bricks? Can't you feel it? It's now or never. Garvey said this day would come. He said, look for me in the whirlwind. But he didn't, we didn't know we have to produce the whirlwind. In the 60s, we almost had it. It took an extraordinary, let me defend the previous generation. It took a tremendous effort of the United States government's intelligent community to bring down the movement. And I tell every young boy, say, well, y'all, y'all nothing. Don't say that. I know more dead people who died for you did you dream of? I know people in jail all over this world from Grenada to South Africa. It took an extraordinary barbarism of the enemy to take us down. All right, then what did we learn? We learned they're going to come with everything. So we said, come on with it. 
They better come with everything. We was bad. Young boy was on my face the other day in Louisiana. Y'all just didn't do nothing. I think we're doing quite a bit. I said, you ever burn a city boy? <laughs> huh? We burned 57 cities. Have you ever gone toe-to-toe with the police force? <laughs> Did they ever have to call a whole army on you? Oh, no. Do you know the, st- the, the, the story of Mark Essex in New Orleans? You know, he fought the whole police department. And from the 28th floor of the Howard Johnson, he took the head off of the chief of police. Do you don't know? You're from New Orleans, boy. Don't you ever tell me my generation ain't did nothing. The dead is all over. They arrest the lockdown. Shakur, stepfather, was framed by Hoover and is in jail for the Brinks job for 60 years. That's why he wasn't there to say, Tupac, come here. I said, come here. What you doing out there, boy? You don't be doing because that's what fathers do. Not only that, his real father was killed by the pigs. Asada had to flee the country. But we pretend we don't know. We pretend we don't know that boy was in the womb of his mother, locked down for the Panther 21. We don't pretend we don't know that Afimi Shakur was struggling for her people. That she ran to Baltimore to get out of the way of the FBI. Would tell her neighbors and her boss, she's a Panther revolutionary, get rid of her or you're in trouble. Our ass is going to be on you. And then she ran to South Central and got to South Central about the same time they dropped the drugs in South Central. With no back, the Panther Party's destroyed. She turns to crack. He's out in the street selling it. It's the American nigger factory. And even the revolutionary family get eat up. So if you hear Tupac doing sensitive stories, about a sister having a baby, or lift your head up. And then the next day, talking about bees and hoes. Schizoid, you say? Yes, he's good and schizoid. We all are. To be in America, you have to be schizoid. But no father, two fathers destroyed. Assad away. Nobody to rein the children, and they don't raise themselves. One minute he's sensitive, one minute he on the dance floor doing things. He don't know how he did that. He's full of self-hatred and pain, but sensitivity to the race, but don't know how to compute that into action. He's in the drug sales. He's in the showing false imagery. At the same time, he's giving a lot of money to the hood. That's schizoid. But not because he was born schizoid or a no-good person. It started a long time ago when Hoover took down Garvey. It's all interrelated. Right now, they're dismantling the welfare state. They're dismantling affirmative action. They're privatizing the prisons. They're using biological chemical warfare on the people. They're developing a total police state. And we run around in confusion. Africa is torn asunder. Got us controlled in the Caribbean, 
Latin America, we're on the last rung of the ladder. It's time to see how great this race really is. It's time for us to rally. How do we develop a revolutionary culture? This is where I want to end. We should always end on how. I don't have all the answers to this. It's in the collective intellect of the people. But let me get the ball rolling. Revolutionary culture is consciously designed, consciously thought out. So now we know it has to be more than us representing for the race. We have to get with other people and build our little schools up. Do you know in the revolutionary wars for the decolonization and liberation of the African continent, both ZANU, Frelimo in Mozambique, MPLA in Angola, SWAPO in Namibia, the PAGIC in Guinea-Bissau. Do you know their school system didn't start, stop? It accelerated. And the only thing they needed to have a school is back from the front lines and underneath the shade of a tree. And you tell me we can't build schools? I don't accept it. I'll never accept that. You mean we can't feed hungry when a sack of beans, which is protein, and a sack of rice feed a whole lot of people? Where are the soup kitchens of Father Divine, Daddy Grace? You know? Why can't we come up with revolutionary? Because we won't. We don't love each other enough to do that kind of shit. We don't. Love is a behavior. Since love is a behavior, it manifests in your deeds. The greatest pimp in the world can say, I love you, baby. Now go turn that trick for me, baby. Yeah, yeah. Hope better have my money. Love is a behavior. We must put Africa in the center of these children's lives. Even the positive hip-hop artist has America in the center of their life. That's why when the first time I seen Snoop Doggy Dog, <laughs> Now, how scared can you be of a gangster named after Snoopy the Dog, huh? How much gangster could that really be? Snoop Doggy Dog. Kid and play. You say, go play and I ain't kidding. You know what I'm saying? We must put Africa at the center. That's the only way we can put African culture in the center. And anything that's outside of that, we move out. We must also be able, it, you know, Revolutionary culture defines the social phenomenon from a pan-African perspective. In other words, when we say something to them or we answer a question, we take it all the way back to Africa. And that's easily done if you know what has been going on in the history of Africa. Take it on back. They took us from Africa and took Africa from the remaining Africans. We have to teach that the only difference between us as an African people is a slave manifest that says drop 10 in Trinidad, job 10 here, 10 there, job 10 in North Carolina, job 10 in Virginia. Same people. The commonality of culture, culture is binding. It keeps us together. It pulls us together. Culture is what makes it. But from a pan-African perspective, if you don't take it all the way home, it leaves room for someone else to get in there and define your stuff. You know, we must build the institution. We know that. As modest as they can be. Let the pioneers start them modestly and the next wave take it to the another level. Let the people, when they see us talking that black talk, walking that black walk, because they're always watching you. 
So yes, look at Dell saying don't do drugs. Look at Dell over there. If they ever see that, you're done. Because like children, they do as you do, not as you say. We must build our own media to send out our own ideas, our own images. It's easy to do. We won't do it. You know, another problem we have is that we are so capitalistic till we want to start all these proprietorships. We want to be the single owner of a business. The days in America of the single business person is gone. You need collective ownership. And if you are involved with three or four different projects, you'll make a living. But if we wait till we can stockpile enough money to go into our business undercapitalized and say, why don't people patronize us? What happened to cooperatives? How come we can't go to the, down to the shipyards and do food co-op buying? Why do we all go to these supermarkets with their accelerated process where they take the green meat and paint it red? Or after it didn't sell in the white hood, they move it down to your hood, spray some red dye on it. We're not looking after every aspect. Because we know that if people don't care and used to lynch you and still lynch you on the street, they don't care whether you eat. They don't care what you ingest. More importantly, we need an ideology. That ideology is pan-Africanism. It needs to be refined. It must have the brilliance and the thought of those of our ancients right up to our contemporary. Then after taking all that and throwing away the fat and having a clear program for how an African governed their lives, you're then putting together culture. What is a pan-African worldview? Or what I used to say, I look at everything as to what does the shit mean to me? OJ, what does the shit mean to me? Olympics, what does the shit mean to me? You know what I mean? Mark Furman, what does the shit mean to me? CIA and South Central, what does the shit mean to me? And you become, pan-Africanism is your software. And this is your brain computer. And as you put information in it, if you don't have no way to synthesize it, you'll synthesize it like everybody else does, through a white supremacist mentality, a white supremacist attitude, a white supremacist moral code. What does this shit mean to me? Ideologies, the ideological debate we had is over. It was necessary. The chocolate Marxists see ya. We love you. Come on home. We said Russia ain't never going to fight America. I wrote a song in 1970. Said we must cut off your power for the bills you refuse to pay. We must liquidate your assets and you shall be moved away. Court is closed. Employment, employment uh, uh, payments are too late today. Maybe five years ago we might have went that way. Court is closed. We must cut off your power for the bills you refuse to pay. Consolidation with Russia Corporation won't help you get away. That was 20 years ago, 20 years almost to the day. Russia, it crumbles and say, we was only kidding. We're actually white people. 
and we want to be part of this new world order. We know it. We also knew that communism was the study of African communalism, an attempt to adapt it to industrial Germany and Russia. We know if you're going to study, you're always return to the source. These emulators and emu imitators can't take it. No, they never lived. White people never shared with nobody in themselves. Not even with themselves. White people don't know how to share. They know how to hoard. They come from caves. We come from the Horn of Plenty where you can pick what you need. When they were in their cave, they ate the weakest. They said, we can't go outside. It's frozen. And damn, Grandma is looking good. <laughs> Tastes just like chicken. All the cannibal we supposed to be, every incidence of cannibalism have been them. Jeffrey Dahmer could eat black people in the middle of the hood. Nobody said nothing. That man up in Russia ain't over a hundred and something people. He like frozen food. Every incident. We must make our people proactive. If I knew what I knew today, when we were in the streets in the 60s, our strategies and tactics would have been more deadlier. But we had no elders. The most hurtful thing a person has ever said to me, and some people have really gotten this shit off on me, you know. Especially, when, you know, a woman when, when you break it up. You ain't nothing anyway. Ain't never been nothing. Can't do nothing. Damn. <laughs> But the worst thing ever said to me is I said, we're black and we're proud, ain't we pops? He said, you're black and you can't help it. Y'all need to sit down, stop burning these cities. I said, that's what you think of me? That's what you think of our struggle? Is that what? Yes, that's what I think of you. So those of us who survived that epoch into these epoch must know the youth need to be told something coherent, usable, workable, and they must be involved with the process of development. We always want to take children and make them do what we say, but we don't know all the answers. We need to become the council of elders to a proactive youth that's ready to fight. See, our young people ain't no punks. They just don't know who to kill. They don't know what is noble, and as long as they think being a drug lord is noble, then your warriors are inverted. Finally, we must get control of our traders. I say it's time for us to begin to put ourselves together and start beginning to have conferences about our ideological development and then take it to the point of setting up a provisional government of the Africans trapped in America thereby passing laws that must be adhered to and being able to call war. The process will not be pure. There's going to be a lot of trial and error because there's a lot of confusion, and confusion is the enemy of revolution. But some confusion has to be worked out. It can't be just debated out. I wrote four books. To me, 
Books are organic. They're living tissue. They have a life and a reason to exist. When I went to college, I went in thinking about culture bandits, how they steal our musical culture and just run rampant with it and claim it, profit from it, rearrange it, bastardize it, and isolate those who do the most progressive work and pay off those who are the most foolish. So I wrote Culture Bandits 1. Culture Bandits 2, which I consider my best book, The Annihilation of African Images, didn't sell that good. And I was perplexed. I said, I'll never write better than that. And I was breaking down radio, television, talk shows. If you see what I wrote about talk shows, you could see I already predicted that Jenny Jones and Rivaldo and all them fools would be coming. And I, I couldn't understand it, so I started taking a poll of why black people avoided culture bandits too. And I kept hearing over and over, all you talking about is black people. You say what? Black people. You talking about black people. I don't want to read about you talking about no black people. I said, well, Jim Brown wrote in his book, Out of Bounds, that he loved to go to Hugh Hefner's Playboy Mansion. And when he walked in, he loved to hear the classical music. That he loved to have lobster and steak whenever he wanted and partake of the finest white women. I didn't write that. He wrote that. When I pointed out to you, because I know you weren't going to read all these books, that Sammy Davis Jr. was a devil worshiper and was supposed to be at the party when the Manson people came and slaughtered in the Tate, uh, Tate Bianca killings. And he said, I only like that because I had access to orgies and white women. He wrote that in his book, Why Me? And all these different books that I came through about Iman and Spencer Haywood, Books like people like Dennis Rodman can write unashamed. And the people say, I don't want to read that. You mean you don't want to know the truth. You want to read about M. Hope Tep. Yeah, we be bad. And we had more than one and still got more. But you don't want to go over there and do the hard research. You want to read about uh, Nzinga. Harriet Tubman had some soot. I read them about them too. Love it. Upliftment. But I want to read about Maya Angelou, Pearl Bailey, and other Uncle Toms and Uncle Tomasinas. We're getting into this thing wrong. We're not doing objective study. So then I wrote the book Black Holocaust, which really came before Culture Bands too, because everywhere I went, people were saying, they can't kill us all. Now you're crazy. People call me up on the phone in Chicago. Uh, yeah, you're the brother who wrote that Black Holocaust stuff. I said, yeah, they can't kill us all, nor do they want to. We're God's children. <laughs> yeah, I spell backwards his dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Your gods and their gods ain't the same gods, you know. Black Holocaust sold beyond my imagination. I made it a little book. I didn't get cute. I just came with it raw because I got that from Kwame Nkrumah. Two books the revolutionaries always had on them. The Handbook of Revolutionary Warfare, which we all must read, 
and class struggle in Africa. If you don't read class struggle in Africa, you won't understand Africa. That that was a product of the colonial mentality and how we could kill each other. Hell, tell me about class struggle in Africa. Wilson Good dropped a bomb in my neighborhood. He burned up his own children. Once you read and understand class struggle in Africa, not from a Marx and Leninist position, you'll understand how some of us betray we so easily. Black Holocaust took off. It's still the biggest seller I probably will ever have. Then the last book, The Invasion of the Body Snatchers, is a continuation of the Black Holocaust. It amazed me that we would actually trust the demons of death to put things in our bloodstream. Norplant, Prozac, Fridlin. The new thing is nicotine patches, flu shots, immunization. They killing us softly, but not what they saw. So these were organic. My next book will be called The Black Warrior. And it will document our strategies and tactics and our heroes and sheroes since the ancient days and take it right on up to 1996. Because the young brother's always looking for when we fought somebody and won. We won in Angola. We won in Mozambique. We won in Guinea-Bissau. We won in Zimbabwe. How do we win wars and don't celebrate? Till our children actually think we never fought these people. We ain't only fight them, we whip their ass. 1975, Angola, Mozambique, and Guinea-Bissau. Three countries in one year. Portugal collapsed. How come we not teaching them that? So we end by saying, I'm glad you stayed. We give our humble apologies for being Wrongway Jones and getting lost in Jersey and going way up the wrong way through West. We got on the other side of West Orange. And we came up with a sign that said, the oranges. <laughs> what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Say, next stop, the oranges. Heard of East Orange, South Orange, West Orange. What is the oranges? And we just run. Just to run. Just, Come on, man. Run. Past West Orange. Then we remembered because we went to geography class at least one day. And said, well, if we're going through west, east got to be that way. <laughs> I was almost hoping you weren't here so you'd never see how embarrassed I am. But next time we'll know how to find it smoothly. I don't take the position of other people. I don't take the positions that Africans supposed to wait. I believe in discipline and being on time. But I'm wrong way Jones. And I was the navigator. And uh, it won't happen again. We end by saying African people must love each other. To love each other, you must demonstrate to our behavior that we're willing to sacrifice to take this thing to another level. We end by saying that the death of African people by the millions daily is unacceptable. And this genocidal process doesn't last forever. Somewhere along the line, you're going to run out of people. Yes, sir. E-Africa. So we must understand clearly that these are serious times.
They kill your babies right up in front of you. The Christian right capitalized on the murder and the carnage. The 700 clubs is on television almost every African state. The control of information is beginning to get locked down. They brag about there's more information, there's more bullshit. Information you got to find. And I say to you, it is a privilege to be African, but Africans must unite. It is a privilege to be African, but Africans must unite. Times are hard and friends are few. I scream in pain, brother, where are you? Times are hard and friends are few. Brother man, brother man, where are you? Storm over the anthill. There's such a famine in the wind. A war for liberation's begun. Little boys become men. Storm over the anthill. Who's my pa? Mother, is she with us? Better check how far. How far? How far? Times are hard and friends are few. I scream in pain, brother, where are you? Times are hard and friends are few. Brother man, brother man, where are you? No time for jiving. There's a job to be done. Love those who are comrades. There's a war to be won. Hey, queen, hold my hand. So truth and wisdom, they're at my command. I'm saying, child, brace yourself. Hold your tears. We'll all die now, then to suffer for years. I'm saying, times are hard and friends are few. I scream in pain, brother, where are you? Times are hard and friends are few. Brother man, sister lady, where are you? I thank you. There's melanin in my skin Nappy hair, please put it in your magazine Dressed in African clothes and my swagger's mean Shout to Martin, cause that brother had a dream I'm an African, I come from plenty How we gonna have nothing, that ain't how it's meant to be Over centuries, kept my people held back Tell us how we need charity, but don't tell us that Every war-torn country in Africa does business with the West while they're getting massacred. But I'm an African, I'm an so African. I gotta say I that. Gotta say that. fuck the DJ if he ain't gonna play that. I sing this song for the motherland. I'm sending it to my sisters and my brother, man. We gotta stay unified. They can't divide if we recognize you and I. This song for the motherland I'm sending it to my sisters and my brother man We gotta stay unified They can't divide if we recognize you and I Where's the bloodline? I said, where's the bloodline when it's a bloodline that begun kind? So sometime dying side of some kind, holding a long cry. We was here from the beginning, we begun time. Black fossils and black sculptured pieces is all that they come find. Yes, black is what you come from. This is your species, now come find. Cause scientists speaking 
till enough facts they preach and become lies. Now they claiming us cro magnets, sitting in the pyramids, cause they hold the faith of the whole kind. And the goods gotta suffer for the bad, it's just how it goes most time. Now we living in the dirt of our gold mine, but where's all that gold filed? When my people's starving in Africa, crying and hoping hope don't die. Sing this song for the motherland I'm sending it to my sisters and my brother man We gotta stay unified They can't divide if we recognize you and I I sing this song for the motherland I'm sending it to my sisters and my brother man We gotta stay unified They can't divide if we recognize you and I Born in West Africa God bless Africa Nothing's really changed The West still stress Africa But I'm an African Proud to be one, but the feeling's not mutual when I we see some. Escape them to go find something divine that's sold up in the grapevine. And still their movements ain't so kind. But when the African seeds rest in peace, I know their soul's fine. We're getting deaded out of jealousy and envy. They're trying to cop block our next generation's entry. Got more black people in the penitentiary than they employ, and that ain't how it's meant to be. I guess once we were so blind. We allowed infiltrates to our own minds And now we gotta spring back from dirt Just to grow vine My people gotta lift up to the most high Cause we've been suffering the most time I sing this song for the motherland I'm sending it to my sisters and my brother man We gotta stay unified They can't divide if we recognize you and I I sing this song for the motherland I'm sending it to my sisters and my brother man We gotta stay unified They can't divide if we recognize you and I Yeah, I'm an African I'm an African Yeah, I'm space traveling Yeah, I'm space traveling Lyrics I'm traveling Ha <laughs> ha is baffling Just as baffling Yeah, I'm an African Yeah, I'm an African Yeah, I'm space traveling Yeah, yeah I'm running through this Lyrics I'm traveling Decipher that Swaggers is baffling <laughs> Just as baffling Yeah All right, people just wanted to step in for a quick interlude. If you noticed that at about 32 minutes and 41 seconds into uh, Dell's presentation, you heard a little skip. That was in the original audio recording that we uh, got from YouTube, so we didn't edit anything out. Just wanted to let you know that, give you a quick FYI. And so this next part coming up, we're about to start in on a Q&A that was already in progress. Again, it was in the original audio that we uh, acquired from YouTube. And it starts with a brother asking a question about Azania. Uh, that's South Africa, and Brother Jones uh, uh, breaking down why South Africa, even to this day, still is not free, just like the rest of all of African people around the world, and it's under neo-colonialism. So he breaks down neo-colonialism in South Africa uh, when, at that particular time, everybody was celebrating the new rainbow nation and stuff like that. So we're going to go directly into this Q&A. This brother's going to be talking. And as you hear, the uh, volume gets uh, progressively better. That's just the original audio. We do what we can. All right. Brother Dale Jones is about to conclude. All right. Conscientization 101. Peace. 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 
of the people who only have 13% of the land when they control all of their land. When they control the institution. A brother, an educator from South African was on CNN complaining that there has been no schools for black people. Well, if we had won a physical war in South Africa, see, armed struggle has its cleansing process. Then we wouldn't be worried about our children in the same schools with the roof leaking, with old board textbooks. So the sham independence in South Africa has to be re revealed for what it is. Neo-colonialism. True revolution would have dumped them little ugly white kids out of our school in our land and put our beautiful black children in them. So the whole world thinks that there has been liberation. And some of the slowest among us are athletes. So we knew already going in when a man fights and gets punched in the face for a living, he ain't too bright. <laughs> that he don't know that his brains is in his head. Yeah. The whole thing, let's look at another thing. We are so liberal and want to be with white people so much that in the middle of a war, me and Martin Luther King could be in the foxhole. And the white man yell, Martin, Martin, come out, come out. I said, what's the matter with you, Martin? Be cool. Martin, Martin King, come out. I got to go. Where you got to go, man? You in the foxhole with me. Martin, I got to go. Martin, Martin, on behalf of white supremacy, you get the Nobel Peace Prize. How do you take a prize in the middle of the war from the enemy? No one answered that question. My whole youth, I asked that question. Bishop Tutu, Bishop Tutu, come out, come out. On behalf of white supremacy, you get the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, this last one did it. Nelson Mandela. Come out, come out, but bring both, the, bring a, the clerk with you. And y'all going to share this award. Do anybody know who Albert Nobel was? What did he come up with? Dynamite. That's their idea of peace. So the sham, because we're not doing critical thinking, and there's nothing wrong with us. We're not backwards. We're not ignorant. We're just not used to thinking with Pan-Africanist thought. 
We don't we criticize each other. Ninety-five percent of my criticism of another brother or sister is definitely criticism with affection. There are some that are treasonous I have no affection for. I said they gotta be taken out. But the 95% who don't know use and abuse. Let me tell you, Nelson Mandela knows he don't run that country. Oppenheimer still runs that country. De Beers Diamond still owns that country. The reason why they had to get South Africa, and this has to be told, this is why I say you have to know African politics. We whipped the white boy's butt in a place called Quitaquatavao. In Angola, the South African troops had pushed up through Namibia into Angola and used to come and slaughter and rape our people at will. Well, we trapped that army with a pan-African force consisting of soldiers from Guinea, Angola, and the Cuban soldiers. Yet we never come to the aid of Cubans, see? When you don't know, the number one Principle of Mayotte, we should never forget, is reciprocity. Should always remember, we should be behind Castro now. We have contradictions, but we know what he did in Angola. So we were going to kill that whole army in Quintaquantaval. And the white boy said, wait a minute, wait a minute. What if we left? Angola never came back. Oh, say, oh you ain't coming back. Not where we sending you. All right, all right, all right, wait a minute. What if we uh, turned Namibia uh, uh, over to Swapo? Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, that's not enough. Well, what, what if we dismantled apartheid and brought out Nelson Mandela? That's how he got free, through the gun. It wasn't through the soft heart. Look it up. Matter of fact, in my new newspaper, which I'm going to send here, I don't know whether anybody's seen my paper, The Eye of the Storm. Well, it'll be out soon. That's one of the big stories. Through the gun, we liberated it. Okay? Because that's how. <laughs> how did they take our shit? With the gun. I mean, they didn't pray it away from us. You know? So in the middle of this Holocaust, we forget how we won. The reason why they had to fight so much to, to free up Southern Africa is that's where the strategic materials to run the space program, the nuclear capabilities, the gold and diamonds, especially industrial diamonds. Okay? They would have crumbled if we just controlled the Southern region. And from Zimbabwe to Namibia, we had them surrounded. We know they couldn't hold it. Sometime we come to the peace table too soon because we don't like war. As much as the barbarians they may say we are, we can't touch these people when it comes to war. War is their norm. They were warlike before we came along. And when they have a war, millions of people die. Shall I cite World War I, World War II? But let's also cite the people of Vietnam. There were more bombs dropped in Vietnam than in all of World War II. And they chased the Americans out with their drawers on fire. Because a people united in culture can never be defeated. So the boxer doesn't know because the politician doesn't even know. The whole boycott, the whole thing about Patibuswana, uh, 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 Sun City, that whole thing, we were involved in boycotting South Africa then. 
But now the Negro bourgeoisie, if you see Jess, uh, Jesse Slaxton, Dr. J, and all of them put their money together and have a little concession to bring Pepsi Cola to South Africa. Your indigenous bourgeois, that's why you got no class struggle. We have a race and a class problem. That if we don't understand the class problem, we wonder why our upper class, Marcus Garvey said it better than I could ever say it. He said, we're a race of people that the people, our doctors and lawyers and the high learned are the biggest traitors to the race and have no loyalty. So that's why, because this share of independence is going around and African people are still on the bottom rung. But one last thing on that. We've always supported the Pan-Africanist Congress of Azania. We've always supported Steve Biko movement, the Black Consciousness Movement, which was a consolidation of many different movements from labor and different types of movements. When Nelson Mandela was brought forth, the very people that we tried to help us with the canned food drive for refugees and clothing jobs for refugees in the neighboring countries of Azania wouldn't help us. Now they walked up to me, Brother Dow. You going to see Mandela? I said, no, I ain't going to see no Mandela. You're not down with that? I said, we've been fighting Mandela for years. Have you ever read the Freedom Charter? He was always an integrationist. Integration won't do. Well, I support him. People lined up out in the street. A ticker tape parade for a black revolutionary in New York. Come on. Critical thinking should have told you something was up. A ticket to, yeah, Yankee Stadium full of people. And Mandela walked on with a New York Yankee jacket and a New York Yankee cap. And he said, now you know who I am. I'm a Yankee. On Ted Koppel's show that night, Reverend Butts, you know him, but he asked a good question. He said, in the light of Tawana Brawley, Bensonhurst and the other incidents, do you really think the United States government will really be good for the people of South Africa? You know what he said? I do not dabble in the internal politics of another nation. I said, you flaming faggot. We fought, we demonstrated, we raised money for our brothers and sisters in Azania. And you mean when it comes to my tribe... Nobody never has tried for my tribe. We helped the people in Zimbabwe. We went to Zimbabwe and half those ambassadors and people with the liberation movement who hide out my house, put my family at risk, who we fed, clothed, and protective, wouldn't even see us. Well, let me tell you something. We are a tribe, a common tribe that Segways into the whole African family. And we want reciprocity. We never get it. We raise money. We raise so much canned food we couldn't find. We don't ask for your thanks. We ask for reciprocity. Nowhere could I go when and if the United States gets on my ass. Nowhere. Secretary say you can come here and become a junior ambassador because you have dual citizenship. Nowhere are they seriously discussing we. 
We are a powerful tribe. And we need to stop getting dissed. A brother told us one time from Zimbabwe. He said, my Pan-African brothers, if you think when Robert Mugabe takes over Zimbabwe, they're going to want to struggle for Pan-Africanism, you're wrong. They're going to want their little kingdom. They want to become rulers and enriched. And you know how you look at somebody and you have much respect, but you don't know the answer. It has to play out. And it plays out. At this time in my life, I thought I'd be sitting across from the Indian Ocean writing poetry to a queen. But we know we can't leave now because we're about to be annihilated and everybody comes to the front. Everybody. But we're not respected. In Jamaica, they'll tell me, say, what's the difference between you and Farrakhan? I said, well, if you don't know, you got a problem. <laughs> well, what is... Well, what? You're just more radical than that's the difference. <laughs> you get your own question. Well, what about, are you brothers and sisters in the United I was on Muta Baruka's show. A caller calls and asks me a question like this. Uh, it seems to me that with OJ going on and all this, the black American ain't what he used to be. And I said, first of all, there's no such thing as a black American. Second of all, who are you talking to? And you ask them one-on-one, -on -one, who are you talking to? What are we, shit? We're in the belly of the beast. And we'll fight ourselves to the last man. We ought to be respected like you and we can have a Pan-African reality. Garvey went all over the world. When he came here, we were ready for him. We didn't see him as Jamaican. We seen him as African with one hell of a program. I know, brother, from going down into the southern region, there are brothers and sisters in the southern region that loves us to death. But they never come to power. Do you know in Zimbabwe, they got Harare and they got old Harare, which is the ghetto? Do you know as me and Deke walked through Harare on our first night in Zimbabwe, that it was manned by African troops, that Africans are not allowed to walk to downtown Zimbabwe at night because Oppenheimer said he don't want niggas in town. So when you travel with your eyes open, and as a war correspondent, I can't report from home or ivory tower, I got to go, go see what's happening and who's doing what. But in South Africa, I was always impressed. We was in Zimbabwe, to make a long story short. And they were going to have, they had the boss, what's his name, uh, Bruce Springsteen, all these people, and some silly little girl named Ch Tr Tracy Chapman. And they're going to have this big show. What they were really having a show to secretly break the boycott of South Africa. So they had the party in Zimbabwe. Do you know that as we were out there, that the black consciousness movement came in all these South Africans have legitimately came across a border that I can't even come by without papers. That's a problem, isn't it, brother? Uh, in Africa, the balkanization in these so-called states that they carved up at the Berlin Conference cross uh, uh, ethnic lineage uh, 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 barriers and tribal lines and everything. 
So we should be able to move at Africa freely. But we're going to have to get those dictators and military leaders out of here. But the equivalent to them is the Wilson Goods who drop bombs, the Marion Berries, and these collaborators. And let me say this while the camera is rolling. Farrakhan was offered the money from Gaddafi to go into Zaire and meet with Mobutu Sisi to ask him would they allow Arab troops to come up through Zaire or what we know as Congo and attack the southern Sudan. And you brothers and sisters who know about war, the fighting is up here then the women and children are down here. That's what y'all no Arab give you no billion dollars. Come on, y'all. They don't, don't nobody give you nothing. Especially a billion dollars. And they were gonna come through Zaire, Arabs now. Remember, Arabs couldn't take Africa without collaboration. So when you hear somebody's getting personally now, a do you know how much money? That's more than a gross national product of a lot of our nations that go to our people. When somebody getting paid, check out. Follow the money trail. And we must understand that. It's not no argument over Islam or, or anti-Islam. It's an argument of politics and politics. Could you imagine how we would feel if we woke up and CNN said, that Arab troops have come through the south of the Sudan and now are wiping out the Sudanese people. And they came through Zaire. Let me tell you, in case you don't know who Mobutu is. Mobutu is the sucker Colonel Joseph Mobutu, whose wife's name was Marie Antoinette Mobutu, who helped take Lumumba down. He's been in power ever since. There are no hospitals in Zaire. He allowed the Center for Disease Control to test Ebola in Zaire on his people. He is one of the richest men on the earth. He stays in a palace guarded by Korean troops. That's why I say, once you study what's happening in Africa, you would have no problem of understanding the whole deal. So when they say coming through the Sudan, they're desperate. The Arabs got money but no land. They'd pay anybody to get some of that sweet African land. So with Mobutu and the Arabs and the Farrakhan's operating in the north, and with Mandela and Oppenheimer and them coming through the south, Africa is under siege. It's something that if we know, we can reverse. It's something we don't pretend we know. Now, I don't get no points to this. You should see my email. I don't get no points for having it to get in a bad position where I've got to tell it on other Africans. But if you're wrong, you're wrong. And one of the biggest reasons while Farrakhan can operate is fear. We never brought closure to the death of Malcolm X, 
to the point that his sister said, his daughter said, to hell with it. If the men ain't going to do it, I'll do it, damn it. By any means necessary, I know who killed my daddy. We haven't brought closure to Karinga. We let him build a holiday. The same one who set up Black Panthers in ambushes at UCLA and other places. The same one who tortured his wife and another woman brutally, sticking bottles in their vagina, using electrical shocks, and the FBI saved him. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going to get back in the groove again. We're going to turn y'all loose. We're going to keep the thing rolling a little while. That's living below the poverty line. You know, the pitch rock, pitch glocks, flip cop. But a black leader sit watch and blame that shit on hip hop. This is about to happen. He's Timothy Taylor and he's about to do it again. Flow with East Breeze like wind. MCs don't got nothing for him. Whatever you need, I got that. You better believe I hide that. Drop down and get jiggled. I'll it. Fuck that. This year rap thing's a hobby. I do it a little too good. Whatever your name, you bore me. You corny, fuck your hood. Cause I'm top notch, blocks, cock, cop shots Inevitably for fucking with me, you can't just me not Niggas believe not, fuck what y'all heard, I'm him Follow my lead, I, intelligent does it again This ain't no exploitation, boy that did what it is Deliver my manifestation, in light of the life I live Ignite exaggerations about how y'all got shot and shit How y'all be copping bricks, breaking bread with cops and shit Niggas preposterous, I'm back on top of this Intelligent music, half not slash massage Blame it. 
when a youth for self-destructed Look, let me break down something You niggas know little to nothing They cutting the social programs They stopping the aid to the youth They moving the jobs to Taiwan They build more jobs than schools I'm breaking my breath with the poor folk Who feeling the hell of oppression My lungs full of a gun smoke And misguided aggression Live on the front page Black race in the stage Rinsing my pain out the barrel of a 12 gauge That did that hippie Newton Stereo fans fanning Black revolutionaries ready That concludes our digitally remastered two-part series from Brother Dale Jones on understanding our rich cultural heritage and strengthening it for the revolution. This episode has featured sounds from The Force, Wild Wind That Blows, instrumental from his EP, Wild Wind That Blows, with Cyclonius. Big Cakes, Featuring Tantrum and Big Frizzle from his album, It's All Love. The track was African. And Wise Intelligent featuring Popular, Youth and Thugs from his album, The Talented Timothy Taylor. Links to music are in the show notes as always. Also, we know you're going to pick up those Brother Dale Jones books that's in our library. We'll have links to those as well. Don't forget... Visit us at conscientization101.com or c101magazine.com. Sign up to our mailing list for exclusive information and downloads. Hit up our store. Pick up an unabridged interview or two. Pick up a few musical commentaries and a shirt. Support 100% independent media so we can continue to learn from each other. I know that's right. Collectivity is how we're going to get out of this. There is no Superman in this motherfucking struggle. All right. Also, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Conscien1, that's C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N-1, on Facebook at Conscientization101, and Instagram at C101Editors. So that's our show. So next time, we'll be back with our regular podcast format. 
and I'll give you a hint what the next episode is going to be about. I'll just let you know that most definitely it will be a natural disaster. That's all I'm going to say. Till next time, peace.